This podcast episode belongs in a museum. Let's all make um, impressions of John Rhys Davies as Sala saying Indiana Jones. <laughs> Indiana <laughs> Jones. I'm definitely Egyptian. That's what Indiana Jones. No, that's bad. That's, that was actually was pretty close. Okay. <laughs> I like doing impressions of Harrison Ford more though. That belongs right. in a museum. <laughs> <laughs> Here's, I did this fun little bit with my sister in the car um, coming back from the movie. Um, it was just him with all the crazy stunts. They pulled out all the crazy stunts for this movie. Hey, hey, Harrison Ford, you okay with doing the craziest stunts when you're 80 years old? Oh yeah. What do you got? What do you got in mind? Uh, what about jumping out of an airplane? Well, I've never done that one before. Sure, let's do it. What about? What else would you like to do, Harrison? Uh, I mean, scuba diving, that sounds, uh, that sounds pretty lovely to me. All right, you got it, Harrison. But did, did Harrison Ford really scuba dive? Probably not. He still had to get all the scuba gear on. <laughs> For standing outside of the water. Anyway. To stand anyway, outside the water. Anyway. Welcome. Welcome back to the Phantom Done Right podcast. Uh, I'm Spencer, joined by Tim and Cole. We all saw Indiana Jones in the Dial of Destiny, and boy oh boy do we have a lot to talk about today. Um, but I'll just want to say opening up, I'm, I'm much more, I was much more happy walking out of this movie uh, than the last movie we reviewed on this podcast. <laughs> I don't know oh. about you guys, but I was, I was frustrated I about one. movies. Yeah, it's okay. Um, I feel much more rejuvenated. Um, but that being said, it was long. It was very long. Um, there are, as Cole said, uh, via text, no spoilers. Um, because you think for once, Indiana Jones <laughs> as a series does not have much spoilers. This one had some sizable spoilers. Right? And the... Geniuses, man. That trailers, those trailers were pretty misleading. And they used like alternate takes of scenes and voiceovers. Yes, voiceovers. There's a, sh- and you might guys have to correct me on this. That shot in the trailer, because in the movie, it's Phoebe Waller Bridge on the motorcycle in the rain without mm-hmm. getting to specifics. It's a really cool shot. I'm 99% sure in the trailer that was Indy. And they switched I- it. I don't know. No clue. I think I watched Geniuses. the trailer once, maybe twice. So I, oh, I, yeah. I, I, I'm with Tim on that I, one. I'm going to pretend that I'm right then because I, I've, I've seen, as I was telling Cole, I've seen every trailer in theaters multiple times <laughs> over now. Um, I was thankful seeing this movie that I didn't see the trailer for this movie. <laughs> I was like, man, I wonder where the Indiana Jones trailer is. Oh, wait. <laughs> I'm here to see the actual movie. <laughs> But non-spoiler thoughts, we can keep it brief because we're going to just have to jump into spoilers at some point. But who would like to go first? Or better yet, I have a fun idea I'd like to bring back. It's a challenge, though. You have, before we get into deeper thoughts, you have to use one word to describe Indiana Jones in the Dial of Destiny. Um, And you cannot use the words Indiana Jones, Dial, or Destiny. (laughs) Bonkers. <laughs> That's good. Legacy. Hmm. Hmm. Um. What's the uh? I don't know the word for like. It goes a different way than you thought it would. Provoking. Oh. Or uh, S- subverting the fans' expectations. 
that's more than one word, but yes. Uh, <laughs> subverting. Put dashes in them. <laughs> subverting the fans' expectations. No, I just put like subverting. Like it's um, it ch it's changed it's it changes it things and it's good and it's fun. But what are your non-spoilery thoughts? I mean, I I know you said it that as the movie ended, you were like, oh, this opens up for some more um for some sequels and i'm like no i feel like this is pretty definitely the end um, it doesn't end like it's the end though at least not in the way that i thought but i don't know i thought it had a really solid ending which we'll talk about obviously because there's some big spoilers there for the ending i don't know i thought it was pretty great no it's very hard fast the end it just the ending scene, really the ending shot didn't make it feel like that. But I will say Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was kind of the same way where it was like, I feel like they were trying to make Kingdom the end and then they like didn't. Mm -hmm. That's fair. And I think, but I, I, did, uh, I won't get into details about it, but I still, I, I think it ends pretty much a similar way. It's a, it's a similar vibe at least. Yeah, uh, well, I don't remember what I said in the group chat. That's what the best way I could have put it. It's amazing. It's, as Tim said, it's one of the best examples of a legacy sequel. Um, it subverts expectations in good ways. It has good writing. And I mean, James Mangold did it. He pulled it off. A lot of people were nervous about this movie. Could have been, it could have been a dumpster fire, and it, it was not that. My only real complaint is that it was too long. And there were the yes. chase sequences were too long, and there was probably one too many chase sequences. Uh, I felt like th this movie had a lot of mentions and nods to the other films. Uh, we'll talk about those more in spoilers. But um, at the same time, um, so, so in that sense, it felt very much like the Indiana Jones film. I do think that some of the action and uh, chase scenes were a little bit too that guy should have died um but at the same time <laughs> <laughs> cole and i saw cole and i were thinking about that in the theater when we were watching it we kept saying there's no way um so well, I'm, I, I'm happy that you noticed that too <laughs> i kept on thinking man that guy is just huge <laughs> I was like, right? Do I do I know? Is that uh, Alan Richardson or is he a wrestler? Or I um I told my sister that they would have it would have been better if they'd gotten the guy from uh uh Umbrella Academy to do that part. Oh yeah, I don't remember that guy's name. Uh, but he's Tom not actually Hooper. that big. No, this guy's yeah, this guy's actually that big. Yeah. Uh, Matt's Mickelson was great. Uh, I yes. think Cole, Cole, I think you said he was the best villain. <laughs> he's, I think he's, I feel like he's the best villain because he really, he really subverted from the other villains. Whereas like, I don't know. He had a pretty big goal and they hit it very well. Um, Cole's gonna be so mad at me for saying this, but How villains in Indiana Jones are, I don't know, mixed. Because technically, if you think about it, Raiders of the Lost Ark's villain was God. No, I think of <laughs> Balak. Yeah, but it's true. But I like Balak better than this Mads Mikkelsen. But that not because of Mad Mikkelsen, okay. just because I liked him better. And I think Mads Mikkelsen, he, this is probably his best villain role. And that's really her yes. heretic. That's really heretical for me to say that. Oh uh, man, I just Harry kept Potter on. Person. I kept on waiting for Mads Mikkelsen to be like, "My name's not Schmidt, it's Red Skull." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought of that too. Well, Tim, remember we talked about this? Uh, Joe Johnston was on the first, or first in first few Indiana Jones movies, mm -hmm. and then he went on to do Captain America: uh, The First Avenger. So yeah. definitely some, definitely some tie in there. Absolutely. Um, 
even down to the set design because Joe Johnston was a set designer on Indiana Jones. Um, this is a wild ride, listeners. If you're thinking about watching it and you like Indiana Jones, as Tim said before any of us saw the movie, it's an odd one, so it is good. Um, <laughs> it's it's a hard it's a hard number three though. It's kind of a distant third, even, but it is ahead of the last two by a good a good portion as well. Uh, I think this is considered non-spoilers, but I th- I think. I'm not entirely sure who this movie was made for. I think this was a good movie Correct. in Indian or Harrison Ford loved making it and everything. He loved having it as a send off film for Indian Jones, but uh, Indian Jones is very old in this movie. And like the, there's like a 42 year difference between the first movie and this last one. Um, and I'm just, I think this franchise is going to age really weird um, with like the mm-hmm. next generation of movie watchers and stuff. If, if Indiana Jones, I, I, I hope that they don't make more and stuff just because it will be even more unbelievable no. and stuff. But I mean, maybe, maybe a young Indiana Jones series again, maybe, but I, I hope that this is the last movie. Uh, but I think with the next generation of movie watchers, if they start at one and just do a continuous five movie rewatch, it's going to be real weird. Uh, it is going to be very <laughs> Jones weird. ages so much. Yeah. I, that being said, my, my theater was full for one of the yeah. few times I've been in the theater this summer. The theater was full lying outside the door of the cinema. And I haven't seen that. I guess Spider-Man No Way Home was the last time I really saw that in my local theater. So I hope this makes money, not because I want them to make more, but because it's a $295 million film. That's a lot of money. Yeah, I was wondering about that, too. I was like, I don't I wonder what the uh, I knew the budget was high for this movie. And I was wondering if this will make a lot of profit or break even. Uh, It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I'm interested. Um, it's looking at a $65 million opening weekend, but we're only halfway through opening weekend wow. right now at the time of recording, so um, it's hard to say. But I think personally it'll do better than The Flash. <laughs> I don't think it'll be I don't think it'll be the biggest movie of 2023 by any stretch though. Um, is it time for spoilers? Yeah. All right. Spoiler time. Who would like to who should we should we try to go through the story really quick? <laughs> Whatever the story is. <laughs> um what did you guys think of the opening 25 minutes? Opening 25 minutes, that's right. I absolutely loved it. I knew before going into the theater that the opening was long. Um, but that's gotta be some of the best de-aging tech we've seen in movies. And it was on multiple characters and like the set piece of, of Germany, um, felt very Indiana Jones. Um, was Matt Mickelson de-aged as well? Yeah. Yes. Wow. And yeah, I his but, like chasing in the train that felt so Indiana Jones. Yes, it was very, very. I good. mean, it really did feel like we were back in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark or Last Crusade more um, accurately, I feel like. But and yes. more accurately, but like, well, just you know what I meant, like just in that actual era of World War Two. Um, but it's at the end of World War II when um, Germany's basically Germany's, lost. Germany's lost because uh, he said something about um, the fear is hiding in a cave. Yeah, the fear is hiding in a cave. Um, but this is so actual. This is one thing I was going to go on. This this the spear tip, which is what they're looking for. 
is actually a comic book series. And this I did some reading on it and it falls correctly into place with this. So it was really good that they included that storyline. So, so the comic is like time. a prequel? Oh, there's so many. There's a lot of Indiana Jones comics. Um, not a lot of people know about it. Is it oh. a prequel um, to this? No, it's like from the it's from 92. No, I meant like when it takes place. Oh, no, it happens. They go and find the spear. He actually goes and finds the spear after the whole train incident because it happens right before the end of the war. Um, because when he finds it, the when he actually finds the spear and returns home is when he learns about the bomb in Japan. Oh, to perfect. End the war. So it's like right after this. Yes, exactly. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> Just one of those weird little things that I found because well, I had so the, many uh, other film series and stuff would just ignore stuff like that. Right. <laughs> Since you played it recently, when does the Staff of Kings take place? <laughs> I don't know because I haven't finished it. I didn't get very far. It's okay. I was just curious. Yeah, I would agree. But some of the best de-aging technology, period. And I think it's because they used a lot of old footage of Harrison Ford to recreate it. There's like one shot that's really close of his face. Where his eyes just doesn't, something's off. But the rest of it was pretty yeah. much perfect. It's one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. And it's going to be one of like those scenes that you just go, oh, hey, that's Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny is when he turns around and he finally has the hat, the jacket, everything on, and he's just de-aged. That gave me chills. Uh, and I really, I really loved I it. really like the scene when he has the hood on uh, and they take it off. Like, that reveal was great. See, I have that a problem really with that because they broke the tradition of the Paramount um, mountain uh, fading into something uh fading into the actual reality of the movie and so i was like oh you guys could have easily made that the hood (laughs) so like um raiders of the lost ark that easily could you have actually done that (laughs) well because it was pointy in a triangular shape i also like how they did the title sequence again but they did say Uh indiana jones in the dial of destiny yes which Everything after Raiders of the Lost Ark did add Indiana Jones in the opening title, so it's sort of following tradition. And it also had that yeah. like classic font. Yes. Yes. Which I was poking Cole about. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, just really, really fun. Um, it brought me back to the Last Crusade days, and it filled in some gaps as well because Harrison Ford, well, Indy mentioned a bunch of things in Kingdom about his involvement in World War II, and we actually yes. get to see some of that here. Uh, Toby Jones is great in this movie. He's played a lot of... he's done. He's been very busy lately in a lot of different properties, including a World War II property. <laughs> Again, I was, but, I was like... I was just imagining him becoming Arnim Zola which right <laughs> that was yeah i didn't that get that vibe little, uh... he had a very german accent as arnim zola and this he had he's an oxford professor and he really sold sold right. that to me uh i really liked when they were on the train too and um on the front of the train there's the guy in the at gun and uh then got blown up and just started <laughs> shooting the back of the train that was great. That, it just felt so Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I also I'll, like the uh, they did the uh, Wilhelm scream. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, like, I think Toby Jones's character Basil brings a lot of fun to this too, because just for a few moments when he's with Indy, because Indy's like, "Come on," and he's like, "I'm not going on that." You want to take a lie down? <laughs> 
Oh, I, I think <laughs> that's then, a good thing to to highlight too. Is like the de aging tech was great, but in in that opening scene, like Harrison Ford sounded like classic Indiana Jones, and I mean they probably did a lot of editing with that, but uh, that was great effort. Sound Indiana old. Jones director sound editing, um, like man, that was great. I feel like that whole sequence must have cost like half the budget. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh sure. And I know, and the other half was the the Romans. <laughs> anyway, we'll get into that. Uh, the last things I wanted to mention, I saw a thing where James Mangold was talking about working with Harrison Ford, and Harrison Ford's always trying to subvert a scene and just change it a little bit, and he's been doing that the entire series, and Mangold. James Mangold thinks that's like kind of how he makes Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones, and not just like a portrayal. He makes it his. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so in the script, when Mads Mikkelsen shows up, he just punches him. But but then Harrison's like, what if I did this? Held up the hat and then punched through the hat. And James Mangold's like, it's so weird. It doesn't make any, it doesn't make any sense. It's not, there's no rhyme or reason to it, but it's also very Indiana Jones to do that. Hey, hold this. Whack. Yeah. Also, those were very Indiana Jones punches. Let me oh, tell perfect. you. Oh, perfect. Yeah, they brought the, the in it. With the everybody's. <laughs> and Phoebe Waller-Bridge gets her. She gets, some, she gets some Indiana Jones punching in, too. Um, but the last thing I wanted to mention about this sequence is Mad Mickelson should have died. Yes. <laughs> Cole and I were like, how on God's green earth does he survive that? I thought That's they were going to explain it in the movie at some point, but they never did. No, because no. I was like, "Evil twin, it's an evil twin." <laughs> it can't. It can't no. live through that. <laughs> Indiana Jones even said, "Like, do you have a do you have a brother that looks like you?" And I was like, "That's going to be a weird twist in the movie," and then it never happened. I, uh, no, I like the part where he's like, "I don't know you." Uh, he's like, do I know you? And I was like, I don't know, but your face rings a bell. That was you're a Nazi. Are you still a Nazi? Are you still a Nazi? <laughs> are you still a Nazi? <laughs> Indiana Jones said that Nazi so many times in this movie. That's great. They're Nazis. <laughs> They're Nazis. <laughs> Yahtzee. It's a Nazi. Anyway, um, the other thing that I was like, man, this is really well done, but it's so expensive probably is the parade, the Apollo 11 parade in New York City. But mm. setting the chase scene in the midst of that made it so much more entertaining. Yes. And also the trailers did not um, show Helena's character as being like a two-bit thief. Yes, it did. Well, it kind of, it did, but not not as much as this led on. Mm-hmm. Like That's she was true. double, she double crossed more even than in this. It kind of seemed like the trailer kind of made it seem like <clears throat> about halfway through, she would like just tr- team up with Indy and that would be it. Um, no. <laughs> but if you think about it, I thought, man, she's annoying. She's so not noble, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, that's just solely in Uncharted. Right. <laughs> He's always like, there's a few things better than cold, hard cash. I wish that uh, her arc and Teddy's uh, arc had been a little bit more well-rounded out toward the end. Like, I agree. Her, her, her becoming, going from just going from money to uh, helping Indiana Jones and in doing so save the whole world and time and space continuum. Uh, I, I wish, like, they had kind of teased that, like, well, why had you been researching all of your father's notes and stuff if it was just for money? Um, that kind of teased that it was, like, a more altruistic uh, reasoning. But they even said that Teddy and her were just for the money. And then Teddy ended up escaping from the big guy and saving Indiana Jones and then flying a, a plane. I, I wish they had gave a little bit more reasoning for him becoming a... a a good guy in a sense. But I mean, all, 
ultimately, like, in the whole scheme of the movie, that's that's a small, um, a small kind of plot point that that I'm willing to overlook. Small potatoes. Yeah. It's small potatoes. Yeah, I I think um, Teddy's like just fulfilling this like short round role. Yeah, just yeah, to I've, be that he's just kind of there to be there. And I this is gonna sound very Star Wars of me, but I almost wish Teddy had been Helena's son. Hmm. Th- with the fiance or something. Not that that <laughs> would have made much sense, but. Just more tie into the movie itself. Yeah. Right. Speaking um, of sons, Shia LaBeouf is not in this. Yeah. Sad day. But, okay. Th- like, when I first saw the trailer and everything, I was like, man, I, I wish Shia LaBeouf's character, Mutt, had been in place of uh, Helena. Helena. But, I mean, they, they gave some good reasoning for him not being in the movie. And, like, it. It added to Indiana Jones's character and um, stuff like that, so so I felt like it was good. Uh, I would have yeah. loved to have seen Shia LaBeouf again, but it added to um, Indiana I Jones's some... bitterness. Yeah. Um, I read why they didn't do that, and it was just because he was so um, so terribly received in kingdom of the crystal skull as that's like one of the major weak points of that movie. Um, that was just widely received by audiences. Um, so that's why they kind of cut him from the movie. Uh, I kind of half expected him to, I half expected him to walk out of the door to walk into the apartment at the end of the movie. Mm. Mm -hmm. Like more timey wimey stuff. I'm glad he didn't, (laughs) but yeah, I was hoping to at least see um, at least some of his dead friends come back um, just for one last like uh, Ghostbusters uh, afterlife style of have him seeing the ghost or of his father, Marcus, now his son. I guess that's really more Return of the Jedi style. Anyways, that would have not been good <laughs> because no. the CGI to recreate those would have been atrocious at best true (laughs) this movie already cost too much but yes um i was interested there was some political commentary in the mix here with uh dr voler getting all of his power from america from sending them to the moon that's something i want to talk about yeah Um, because I wish that they'd put a little bit more of commentary on that um, because a lot of people don't know about Project Paperclip or Operation Paperclip, either or. Um, and so this uh, Mads Mikkelsen's uh, Schmidt, I don't know what to call him, um, was actually based on Warner Von Braun, almost step for step, who was the Nazi uh, scientist who invented the rockets and did get us to the moon. Um, but there's, there's, they really didn't discuss in length how the United States really did pull in Nazi scientists to help further our science division from the war. Um, and I wish that they'd just gone into that a little bit. You know what movie also has something like that? The winter soldier. Yep. Yep, Arnim Zola in The Winter Soldier. It's well, true. that they actually do discuss the the Operation Paperclip in that. Actually, it's also in the first Captain America 2 at the very end. Anyways. Will it be an Oppenheimer? Probably not. N- no, because Operation Paperclip happened after the war. Right. Oppenheimer will Anyways, be like, continue. yeah, Oppenheimer is going to be like the people that defected early, if any yes. Germans. Um, yeah, I there was just so many chase sequences. Like Morocco <laughs> was fun, but I think we could have dropped that whole part of the movie and saved thirty minutes. 
and add in some of the dialogue elsewhere, and I think we would have been okay. Uh, I completely agree. I I liked the Marco scene just because it felt 100% like a ride, like at Disney World or something. Yes. Uh, That's true. Like, even the... um, when, when he went straight and almost hit a car and then had to back up into a different path, it felt so much like a ride. I liked but it because of it that, very... but I could see the opposite and side was... of people not liking it because of that. And it was very Indiana Jones-ish, and like, it's not just a straightforward, I'm chasing you, you're chasing me. Oh, no, 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 no. It's Indiana Jones chasing someone while someone else is chasing Indiana uh, Helena, who's with Indiana Jones, and Indiana Jones is chasing Helena. Yeah, I, it was just a very. I, um, I think I liked the Morocco chase scene more than the New York. No. 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 I, I'm just saying the, the New York one. The New York one just felt too. I don't know, modern in the sense that you have a guy riding a horse uh, in a in a train through station. a subway like that's that felt very ha- having a modern action sense to it. I, I guess. We also get a scene of Indiana Jones teaching for the final time. And it made me kind of sad, though, because I'm like. This is more accurate to college students. <laughs> yes. Um, to real life college students, but also he doesn't care anymore because he's retiring. Yeah, I won't lie. His and he's just teaching like, kind of made me a little bit tired. Yeah. How well, dare you? It was interesting. <laughs> I think that was kind of the point. Um, yeah. So let's <laughs> just get into the weeds here, I guess. Archimedes makes a dial that can detect mathematically storms. He made it to detect storms, but in doing so, it also detects fissures in time is the explanation that they gave. Makes sense and to you me. Know, did you guys know that there is another movie directed by James Mangold, which includes mathematically determining storms and fissures in time? Is it Ford Memento. v. Ferrari? Memento's Christopher yes. Nolan. Just kidding. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's Kate. So this movie is just actually reverse Kate and Leopold, but it's Indiana Jones. <laughs> what? Kate and Leopold. It's a 2000s dramedy movie with Hugh Jackman and the girl from You've Got Mail, who has a name, and Leif Screeber's in it as well. So Lee Screeber goes back to the 1800s and he's taking pictures of the Duke guy that invented the elevator. And it's Hugh Jackman. But this is like 2000. So very handsome, young Hugh Jackman. And then Hugh Jackman sees him taking photos and he chases Lee Screeber back into the present. Interesting. And then it's just a comedy of a guy from the 1800s not understanding the present and how a toaster works. And he advertises fake butter and he tastes it and he like gags um entertaining stuff can't believe it's not butter then then he falls in love and he yeah it's a great movie but anyway that's it's basically the same premise as this except there's no dial there's no like gimmick to get the dial but leave screeber is the dial and he gets put into prison halfway through the movie because they think he's crazy and it's it's a great performance from him as well. But it made me really laugh that Lee Screeber and Hugh Jackman were in a movie together before ah, uh, X-Men yes. Origins. Can you imagine if in James Mangold's uh, Star Wars Jedi movie, if the main character is a Jedi like right before Order 66, and as Order 66 is about to happen, he's like, oh no, I have to go back in time to stop this. And then he finds a fissure in time, and goes back and becomes the very first Jedi. I think it's just Mangold's favorite way. Like, <laughs> no no time travel machine, none of that. He's just like a uh, little portal, little convenient portal that's made by natural causes. 
and yeah, just go through it, and that's it. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure what the, the Archimedes dial actually had to do with finding the fissure, because they knew... I mean, I guess they used it to find out where it would be in the sky, but then it was yeah, they still found spinning out. as they visually saw the fissure. Well, I think the point is that it was... Mads Mikkelsen said it very quickly, but it gave coordinates in Archimedes' terms, and then he converted that to latitude and longitude. Okay. Sure. It's not great explanation, but it's something. Yeah. But then I got really confused and I wanted to ask you guys about this. So when they go back there, Archimedes shows up and asks them where they came from. And he says it's all it was always meant to go back here. The dial didn't work to find any other fissures in time. No. Is that what it I that's that's what I thought they said, but I was like, that can't be right. No, it is. Because Indy also supports that with saying, um, the sole purpose of the dial was to to ask for help. Yeah, that's why I thought. Yeah, I remember he said that, and I was like, "What?" So Archimedes made this dial, uh, knowing that they would lose this battle, but then in the future, someone would find this and use it and bring help for them to f- defeat the Romans. Is that right? Yes. Yes. All right, that made sense. Because well, it has to be in the in a in a series that does not entirely rely on time travel. It has to be a closed loop. Right. So that explains the planes destroyed the Roman ships in House of Syracuse, which I get it, but also Syracuse just lost later. <laughs> yeah. But maybe it was after Archimedes was dead. <laughs> I love it that the Germans come and see Roman ships, and they're just like, well, let's start shooting. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, li- I, was I like, like that why are y'all shooting I like that they guys. started celebrating that they did it right, and then they, did, <laughs> they realized where they were. Um, so was, was, he, was Indy just, like, spitting out BS about Continental Drift to try to get him to turn around? I think so. Because I don't think... I- because Archimedes, I I, he was saying Archimedes didn't know about Continental Drift. No, no, no. The movie does no longer works if Archimedes is wrong. Archimedes has to be right, or none of it works. Yeah, he was just he was trying to scare. He was trying to scare him, and be like, "Um, guys, we can't do this." But but yeah. it was we, it was, I mean, Indiana Jones knew they. Or was bluffing that they had the wrong location before they actually went in the time fissure. So, so I I don't know. But ultimately, I in think this he movie, was bluffing, and then he ended up being right yeah. that they were going somewhere else. But it wasn't for the reason he thought. But I did like where he was like, I don't know where we are, but it sure as hell ain't nineteen thirty nine. But anyway. Voller, I don't think we're in Kansas anymore. (laughs) Like, absolutely. (laughs) That once we were going into that sequence, which by the way was at like two hours and ten minutes (laughs) into the movie. Bananas. I was like, are they seriously going to put us here for another hour, like trying to get back into the present and all this stuff? And nope. We just cut to cut back to the present. They wrapped it up real quick. I love how they wrapped it up too. That was oh, Cole and I laughed out the whole theater. The whole theater was laughing out loud because he's like, "I have to do this." So do I. Pow, pop, like a Black Indiana screen. Jones pop. <laughs> and Can you I imagine think if was it was like, just a blank screen, Indiana Jones will return. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know we skipped some bits, but I loved it. Oh yeah, the um, the Marcus Brody reference is when Indy is talking about the deep sea diver guy, and he's like starting to go into detail about how he's the best there ever was, and all this stuff. <laughs> um, but it didn't have the same punchline, didn't have the same effect as Last Crusade. 
No. That but it was mostly it was... because that Fisher guy because... definitely reminded me of Pedro Pascal when he turned around. Mm, Antonio like Banderas? Yeah, I, I know. Well, once he started speaking, I was like, that sounds like An- Anthony Banderas, but his face looked like Pedro Pascal. I feel like maybe Pedro Pascal is just a younger Antonio Banderas. Goodness, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Can Pedro Pascal do a Zorro movie now? I hope so. I just it's wanna... got to be better than. I didn't want to, yeah, I was going to say, I did want to mention it to Cole, but I was like, Antonio Banderas was in the Uncharted movie barely a year ago. Yep. All right, let's... Such uh, a let's wildly go, different movie. Let's quickly go through some nods and mentions to the other movies. Yep. Voodoo! Yeah, and uh, drinking the blood of... Um, drinking uh, the blood of Kali! Thank you. <laughs> Should shot nine times to Temple of Doom. Uh, in the casino place, uh, he he was doing the whip thing, and then everyone turned their guns on him. I'm pretty sure that was a reference to Last uh, Crusade, that was Kingdom of the Oh Raiders. Raiders, dang it! It happens once in Raiders. Yeah, yeah. I was also thinking, um. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull when they're in the diner right before that chase where it's like, oh, you just brought a knife to a gunfight. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah, I mean, Cole mentioned this earlier, but in the opening scene when he just dons his jacket, his, uh, his hat and his whip. I mean, that's just, you gotta, you gotta have that in the Indiana Jones movie. Uh, getting choked by his own whip. Yeah. Yes. That's not the first time. Uh, actually, being choked or hung in general. <laughs> uh, he kind of talked about how many times he's been shot, stabbed, broken bones, uh, pins in his leg. Harrison Ford Harrison Ford actually broke a bone on the set of this movie. He, like, broke his shoulder. <laughs> well... <laughs> He's 80 years old. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I for for as old as he is, uh, they did a lot of action, and I was real surprised at how uh, real it looked. Yeah. I was going to say, we're getting... Very, makes you very I wet. think we're on the same track. It makes me excited for what he's going to do in the NCU. Oh. oh, I don't think he'll be included with that much like actual action scenes. No, but uh, um, yeah, I was thinking about uh, what Tim and I have always I've been constantly thinking about the last few weeks, which is Mission Impossible, <laughs> Dead Reckoning. But there's oh. a there's a train sequence in that that is 100 percent real. And I saw this, which is probably pretty fake. But. It looked so good. I'm not sure which train sequence is going to be better. To be honest with you. Uh, Indiana Jones also had a whole thing about eels, which are similar to snakes. Yes, that was great. (laughs) They're like snakes in the water. No, they're not. (laughs) No, they're not. Yeah, so in that sequence, I felt like when he was underwater and they panned to Harrison Ford's face... It looked like they had just put Harrison Ford's face into the shot. But I don't know. Yeah, I feel like you're probably right on the, on the money on that one. I think Harrison but I, Ford I, was I, probably I, underwater, but probably not for filming. I Yeah, I don't, I'm not blaming Harrison Ford for any of that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good thing to do with someone who's 80 years old. Let's, let's protect Harrison Ford. That'd be nice. A lot of people were complaining or nervous about Phoebe Waller-Bridge and that she would just be like female empowerment and all this stuff. I didn't really get that much at all. No. I hope no, they not do- at all. I hope they don't make another movie with her and like call it Indiana Jones Presents or something. Like, I, I, I kind of wish her character was a little bit affiliated with Marcus 
um, or someone else we've seen in the series already. Uh, Baz was just a new character. Um, but I, at the same time, I felt like her character was introduced well, had a good character arc. I think I like her character, but I don't really want to see her again. Um, just because I, I felt like her character had a good character arc and is complete. Yeah. I, I mean, like I they think... didn't do another love interest. Because that's something we've gotten for the first three, we got a different love interest as like the main relationship. And this one was different. Um, yeah. And I felt that that was very refreshing. And it worked th- well towards the plot. Not that they should do this. But I think if I was going to make another Indiana Jones movie, which I wouldn't do, I would make one and not title it Indiana Jones and. I would just title whatever I'm going to title it. And then people can pick up on the fact that it's an Indiana Jones story. Mm. Without the man himself. Almost like, um, like Rogue One dropping or Rogue One or like Glass Onion. Just drop a Knives Out story. Yes. You could say an Indiana Jones uh, story or you could just. I mean, like Raiders, you could just call it whatever you're going to call it. Or like the trailer for A Haunting in Venice. <laughs> that was so confusing. I hate that trailer uh, so much. Everyone yes, in my... everyone like it. Was it Cole or Isabel both told me, oh, it's the new Insidious movie. It was me. It's not Insidious. <laughs> I can't believe they got money to make another one of those, to be honest right. with you. But oh, uh, another non-mentioned thing is uh, in the end with Marion, when when uh, she's like, mm-hmm. or when Harrison Ford is like, uh, it doesn't hurt right here. Show me where it hurts. <laughs> yeah, that was cute. It's <laughs> a great, great mention to Raiders. Oh, yes. and so we now that we're in spoilers, I can say this: him grabbing the hat is like a nod to uh, Kingdom. Mm-hmm. The ending of Kingdom. When he, when oh. Mutt tries to put on the hat and he snatches it from him. Like, yeah. I'm still Indiana Jones. Um, and so I like that the just does that, but I also don't... <laughs> he's not. He's done. He's not doing this anymore. And he, he does mention Mutt to connect it to Kingdom. I feel like there were a few more that we missed. Uh, when they were at the bar place, I was trying to figure out if it had a name to reference Star Wars or something, like in uh, <laughs> Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom. The Atlantica. Uh, I, I mean, Teddy has to be a reference to short round of, like, a very small reference. Yep. So moving on from references, I think. I, uh, I drummed up what the whole Indiana Jones timeline is. Not like scene for scene, just like parts of movies. So this would be a terrible idea, but maybe I'll do it someday, is I'll watch it in timeline order. <laughs> the hair's like I'll turn on cut. part of a movie and then I'll turn it, turn it off. Um, so, and this is just to show the madness of the... Like Tim said, if you watch these five back to back, it would be a weird experience. So 214 BC is the <laughs> finale of Dial of Destiny. 1912 is the prologue to The Last Crusade. Yeah. These are just movies, guys. Well, I didn't put the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles in here. Because they're not entirely canon. Some parts of them still are and some parts aren't. The old stuff is no longer canon, apparently. Anyway. uh, So 1912, Last Crusade prologue. 1935 is our first Indiana Jones movie, full movie spot, which is the Temple of Doom. (laughs) 1936 was Raiders of the Lost Ark. 1938 is the rest of Last Crusade, which was filmed almost 10 years after Raiders. <laughs> but it's only two years later in the timeline. And then, Cole, I found it. 
1939, one year after Last Crusade, is when the Staff of Kings takes place. Okay. And then 1945 is the Dial of Destiny, uh, the opening scene. Um, and then the comic Cole mentioned is right after that. Yeah. Um, like listeners, don't that. don't think you've missed an Indiana Jones movie. The Staff of Kings is a, a video game on the Wii. <laughs> Which is I think, so, well, I'm, we talked about we talked about it in the last Marvel. Yeah, we did talk about it. we talked about it. Yeah. So 1951-ish, around 1951, is when Indy visits Basil and takes half the dial back. That's in the Dial of Destiny movie. And then 1957 is when Kingdom of the Crystal Skull takes place. And then lastly, 1969, 1970 is when the the rest of Dial of Destiny takes place. I almost had to pull out my phone because I couldn't for the life of me figure out what year this Dial of Destiny took place. Well, Apollo 11 lands right before the movie. Um, I will say yes. that is not what New York looks like in the winter time. <laughs> because if uh, I, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Apollo 11 people landed in December. And it's they're talking about a final, so that's the end of the semester. So I would assume it's space. what's supposed to be winter time. But anywho. Okay. Well, and then they also played Space Oddity by David Bowie, and I was like, there's no way that's not a 70s song. But it is it was released in uh July of sixty-nine. Oh well that's so right that on time then. Um Apollo. I got it. It's Whoops. oh, it's July twenty fourth. Spencer, so I think you missed summer. something in your timeline. Uh, what did I miss? When did the aliens arrive? Oh my lord! Did we see the aliens arrive though? No. Or we just hear about when they arrived? I think it's mentioned. I think we just heard about them in like their mind meld thing. But I, think I don't it, think that it counts. It had to have been before the Romans scene. You're just trying to find know. something before the Romans. <laughs> Goodness. They did There's time some travel crazy in things Indiana in Jones series. movie. <laughs> uh, right, and that's what I said, was this one was weirder than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, but it was executed well. Yes. <laughs> like, going back in time... That's that's brand new territory. So better than alien, weirder than aliens. But we see the cup of immortal life. We see God's glory. We see uh, in the Ark of the Covenant voodoo that can just take someone's heart out. I don't actually remember the purpose of that. Uh, we see aliens. three stones. Uh, three three stones. Geez. No, three Tim. Yeah. No, Tim. They're not aliens. They're interdimensional beings. <laughs> Jeez, was that what it was? <laughs> All right. Yes. yes. I was telling see... Cole the story because <laughs> Spielberg said, I don't want to do aliens. That can have time travel. No, t- not time travel. Going through time fissures. Can tell you how to time travel. Yes. Yes. Um, to one specific day. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. bothered what what boggled me about that was they told us earlier in the movie that that was going to happen, and I'm not talking about the tomb of Archimedes. Before that, there's a puppet show, and there's a dragon attacking the centurions, and I was like, "That's weird. That's a really weird detail to include." But then, sure enough, we see a dragon attacking the centurion. Yeah, I did. That's yeah, foreshadowing that's, for that's you. That's true. It, it, I'd oh, miss I mean, that. we're almost out of time, but we haven't even talked about the fact that Germans were going to go back in time to kill Hitler and become Hitler right. to win the war. That's that's what I was talking about. Was that's my favorite part about this villain is he has the biggest plan. And he fail, he fails miserably, but gosh, what a plan. It's a play on the joke of what would you do if you go back in time? Oh, I'd kill Hitler. 
but they were going to take it a step further. And because he said, I saw all of Hitler's mistakes. I know how to win. Most people go back, would go back theoretically to kill Hitler to stop him from whatever, killing the Jews, starting this war. But he's like, no, I'm going to one up Hitler. And that was just, that was crazy to me. I, mean, I just, it's really well, well written that the, and it's in the trailer, but the Mads Mikkelsen saying Hitler made mistakes with this style. I will correct them all. <laughs> exactly. And then when they put on all of the Nazi outfits and uh, <laughs> what's his face, blonde actor that always works for James Mangold <laughs> puts on a Nazi outfit. I was like laughing out loud. Like, Yes, and then and he makes them goose step on their way up to the airplane. I was like, y'all are getting too into this. Yeah, it was, Guys. It was a bit much. Uh, so, really so fun, there's though. A, uh, there's a scene uh, when he's being interviewed by a reporter, and the reporter's like, so you've made it to the moon. What's next, Mars? And uh, and then when he's talking about going back in time and becoming Hitler, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this movie, but there's a movie called Iron Sky where Hitler uh-uh. has is secretly on the moon. Um, it's a wild movie. Um, pretty sure there's dinosaurs in like that too. Time. What? It's yeah, it's wild. Got to look this up. Who knew that we were going to get a big time travel movie this summer? Right. <laughs> An Indiana Jones movie, no less. I, I mean, yes, that line was in the trailer, but I didn't put, I didn't. They didn't give us much to yeah, go it, on. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. It, Nor that they say that he would succeed in time traveling. Yeah, it's weird though, because in every uh, Indiana Jones movie, like uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, we actually see the Ark and it has power. Uh, in um, Crystal last Scroll, we actually get to the Crystal Scroll, and it has power. Um, last, last Crusade, Crusade we the Holy get, Grail. Yeah, and in this one, I was like, ah, Tile Destiny, it's rumored time travel. I just didn't even think that it would actually involve time travel, and it would work. But of course it would. Anyway, I give this movie straight 9 out of 10. The one point off is really just that it was too long. But also, it's for a final Indiana Jones movie. I don't know if I can really complain about it being too long. It just makes me I mean, less likely s- return to it. Right. I think I'm in the same boat as you, Spencer. 9 out of 10. Third best Indiana Jones movie. But it's like a distant yes. third. <laughs> uh... I really like this movie. I would probably rank it like 8.5 or 9 out of 10. Um, It's definitely better than 2 and 4. I think I would rank it at 3. And that's probably just... I mean, Harrison Ford is old. Um, It was a little bit less believable in that aspect. And I, I don't know how this movie will age. But yeah, it is a really good movie. Yeah, and I mean, like Tim and I said in the review, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, like the first two thirds of it are great. And so it's tough for that one because I I like Temple of Doom, I pretty much hated the entire movie because it was awful um, for me. But Kingdom of the Crystal Skull has its moments. So I would say... It's still the fourth, which is ironic because it's also the fourth movie in the franchise. But it's not all that far behind this for me. But it is. This is this is definitely better and a better send off. Did what the fans would. I mean, the idea of this movie was Kingdom of the Crystal Skull didn't work. Let's make one more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think they did that. I mean, they did make one more. But I think people. People were mean about this on the internet when it first, before I saw it. And I, I think that was, yes, I think people were too, a little too hard on this. Unlike other I movies, agree. like if they're hard on the flash, like, yes, correct. 
But I think right now I'm still trying to rank all like what the best movies of 2023 are. And I think number one is still for me, either Spider-Verse or Guardians. Probably Guardians. I just happen. I just like live action a lot. So I would say this is tied for second place. But we'll see. This is going to be a wild month. Yeah. We got uh, Oppenheimer, Bob, Barbie, and then uh, Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible's before. Mansion. Yeah, Haunted Mansion. But I don't know why uh, there's the so next... many haunted stuff coming out when it's not even Halloween. October. Right? I thought Haunted Mansion was coming out later in the year. Really did. I thought it was coming out on Disney Plus until recently. <laughs> Yeah, me too. That's same. Yeah. That too. That maybe too. it was com- maybe it was coming out on Disney Plus. Uh streaming doesn't make money, kids. Shocker to nobody. Um anyway, our next episode, we're in the summer we kind of we're kind of taking it easy in the summer. So our next episode I think is actually Mission Impossible. But and we Cole might get a break. And Cole gets a break. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but we might release something in between there. We'll see. We might pre-record some stuff because I'm fixing to go on a maternity pod- leave. podcast p- maternity leave. Cole paternity, <laughs> please. Uh, I'm going on a no, no, no. <laughs> going on po- fixing to go on podcast paternity leave soon. So uh, thank you so much for listening. If you haven't, if you listened to this entire thing and you still haven't seen the movie, go see it. It's great. You will have fun, but be prepared for a long movie. (laughs) See you next time.